You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. support for Iranian dissidents, selling access wholesale in the C2C market, novel malware has been discovered targeting VMware hypervisors, the Wichity Espionage Group uses an updated toolkit, Deepin Desai from Zscaler has a technical analysis of industrial spy ransomware, and Johnson of Afternoon Cyber Tea speaks with Mikhail Braverman Blumenstick, CTO for Microsoft Security, about Israel's cyber innovation and Russian troops' phone call revelations. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Hacktivists and others are seeking to render aid to Iranian dissidents and protesters. Researchers from Checkpoint report... Much of the activity is directed at facilitating communication and coordination among groups opposed to the regime in Tehran, but there's also some direct hacking of government-related sites and data, with signs of some profit-taking on the side. Checkpoint says key activities are data leaking and selling, including officials' phone numbers and emails, and maps of sensitive locations. Cyber6 Gill has published a report looking at network access for sale on underground markets. The researchers say there are two broad categories of access as a service for sale on the underground. Initial access brokers, which auction access to companies for hundreds to thousands of dollars, and wholesale access markets, which sell access to compromised endpoints for around $10. Wholesale access markets are flea markets. The prices are low, the inventory is enormous, and the quality is not guaranteed, as listings could belong to a random individual user or an enterprise endpoint. The researchers found that wholesale access markets have played a large role in providing initial access for ransomware attackers. About a fifth of ransomware attacks are facilitated by initial access markets. Mandiant has identified new malware that targets VMware ESXi, Linux vCenter servers, and Windows virtual machines. 
They're able to maintain persistent administrative access to the hypervisor with all the capabilities that suggests. Mandiant has attributed this malware to UNC-3886, suspecting that the motivation is cyber espionage with a possible connection to China. VMware has used the information Mandiant developed to prepare guidance for its users. Researchers at Securonics Threat Labs have issued a report on a cyber espionage campaign they're calling Steep Maverick. They call it a covert attack campaign, and they conclude that its targets have been multiple military and weapons contractor companies, including likely a strategic supplier to the F-35 Lightning II fighter aircraft. The PowerShell stager the threat actor used isn't particularly novel, but the procedures involved feature an array of interesting tactics, persistence methodology, counter-forensics, and layers upon layers of obfuscation to hide its code. Securonix describes the phishing email as being similar to one it had encountered in a campaign earlier this year involving North Korea's APT-37 threat group. As has become commonplace with cyber espionage campaigns, Steep Maverick begins with a phishing email, the hook buried in an attached .inc file with an anodyne fishbait name like Company and Benefits. Once installed, the malware is unusually persistent. There's no attribution, but one circumstantial detail is suggestive. If the system's language is set to Chinese or Russian, then the code will simply exit and the computer will shut down. The Symantec Threat Hunter team released a blog today detailing the Wichity Espionage Group, also known as Looking Frog, and their updated toolset. Wichity has been seen to be targeting the governments of two Middle Eastern countries, as well as the stock exchange for a nation in Africa. Wichity has been using the look-back backdoor, but it appears new malware has been added to the group's toolkit. A backdoor trojan known as backdoor.stegmap has been seen in use using steganography, a technique in which malicious code is hidden in an image. The payload can create and remove directories, copy files, move files, and delete files, start a new process, download and run an executable and terminate this process, steal local files, enumerate and kill processes and read, create, and delete registry keys, as well as setting a registry key value. Symantec doesn't offer an attribution, but it does quote ESET's association of Wichity with TA-410, a group other researchers have associated with China's Ministry of State Security. One general lesson military services have drawn from Russia's war against Ukraine is that the ubiquity of mobile devices and their easy access to the Internet have combined to create a new world for OPSEC, for operational security. That is, no one has so far figured out how to keep matters secure when individuals now have communication capabilities that 50 years ago would have been the envy of a national command authority. Local citizens with cell phones taking pictures of deploying Russian units in both Russia and Belarus gave journalists, enthusiasts, and lay observers a tolerably complete picture of the Russian order of battle on the eve of the invasion of Ukraine. Now they're affording insight into the state of morale in the Russian forces, and it's not a pretty picture. Ukrainian intelligence and law enforcement agencies intercepted and recorded many of the calls Russian troops made from the zone of attack beginning in the early days of the invasion— 
and the New York Times has published an extensive selection of them. The soldiers complain of their leader's failure to even tell them they were being deployed to combat, of tactical ineptitude, supply failure, and often with horror of the widespread atrocities committed by their forces. A representative call early in the invasion recounted the futility of Russian attempts to take Kyiv in a decapitation operation. The caller stating, We can't take Kyiv, we just take villages, and that's it. Other calls reflected the shifting fortunes of the battlefield as the war turned against Russia. Tanks and armored carriers were burning. They blew up a bridge and a dam. The roads flooded. Now we can't move. Casualties are said to be high. From my regiment alone, one-third of the regiment, one soldier told a family member. A common view of the war is that it was founded on lies. As one soldier said to his mother, Mom, we haven't seen a single fascist here. The war is based on a false pretense. No one needed it. We got here and people were living normal lives. Very well, like in Russia. And now they have to live in basements. The old lady who lived near us had to live in the cellar. Can you imagine? There's a great deal more like this. President Putin himself comes in for a great deal of adverse comment. Given the increasingly hands-on role he's played as he's progressively lost confidence in his combat commanders and the military and intelligence establishments generally, that frontline odium seems fair enough. The authenticity of the intercepts seems beyond question. The Times wrote, Reporters verified the authenticity of these calls by cross-referencing the Russian phone numbers with messaging apps and social media profiles to identify soldiers and family members, adding that they'd spent almost two months translating the recordings, which have been edited for clarity and length. All soldiers gripe in every army, at all times and in all places, but what's being heard in the intercepted phone calls goes well beyond the soldierly norms of grousing, discontent, and the customary sense of being underappreciated and ill-used. Russia's army has a serious morale problem. That problem is rooted in loss of confidence in the chain of command and a recognition that the army's training and logistics have been utterly inadequate to its mission. And finally, Ukraine has warned that Russia is preparing a fresh wave of attacks. While Russian cyber operations have underperformed in the war, in part because defenses have proved more effective than expected, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, has tweeted a reminder that relaxation of vigilance would at this point be premature. So, shields up. Coming up after the break, Deepin Desai from Zscaler has a technical analysis of industrial spy ransomware. Ann Johnson of the Afternoon Cyber Tea Podcast speaks with Mikhail Braverman Blumenstick, CTO for Microsoft Security, about Israel's cyber innovation. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. 
Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Ann Johnson is host of the Afternoon Cyber Tea Podcast. In a recent episode, she spoke with Mikhail Braverman Blumenstick, Chief Technology Officer for Microsoft Security, about Israel's cyber innovation. Israel has been a long center for cyber innovation, and some of those cutting-edge technology companies come from Israel. So tell us why that's the case. What makes Israel so special? So first of all, you are absolutely right. There is a lot of innovation in in cybersecurity and in high tech in general that comes from uh, Israel. As a matter of fact, you know, Israel is not a big country. It's only less than 9 million people, which is uh, about 0.1% of the world population. But if we look at the investment in cyber, the investment in cyber are in Israel are 38% of all global investments in cyber, which I find amazing. As we think about then, you know, the, the wonderful work that you're leading in ILDC and the work that you're doing as the CTO for the cybersecurity business at Microsoft, let's talk a little bit about ecosystem because I know you spend a lot of time talking to customers, partners, founders, startups, venture capitalists, et cetera. What are you hearing from them now? What do you think some of the trends are and what are the leaders, you know, what is keeping our security leaders up at night? It's interesting that when I look at the ecosystem and and our customers and partners, uh, I find that they become more and more educated on on cyber threats and on cybersecurity in general. And the more they become educated, the more worried they are, the more sleep they lose at night. And, and, and and, and, And I understand that. And let's focus on some of the trends that bother the ecosystem. So first of all, attacks are becoming more sophisticated. They're becoming more sophisticated, not only because the the attackers are technology savvy and they have the most amazing technology. As a matter of fact, it's almost a mirror 
picture of the technologies that we are using in, 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 in the good part of the industry, but they're also leveraging sophisticated business models and they create their own ecosystem. So it's really a, a whole in, very sophisticated industry. Part of that role, I know, is looking into the future and determine what technology and engineering investments Microsoft needs to make, how to empower our customers, how to keep our customers successful. So what has you excited? What technology are you thinking about right now? So first of all, cybersecurity is very exciting. The reason it's so exciting, it's like playing chess. You have an opponent. When you just develop software, you don't have an opponent. You just have to develop good software. However, when you uh, develop and design cybersecurity products, you always, uh, you, have, you always have to be one step ahead of your opponent. You can hear more of this interview and indeed the entire library of afternoon Cyber Tea podcasts right here on the CyberWire Podcast Network. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Deepan Desai. He is the Chief Information Security Officer and VP of Security Research and Operations at Zscaler. Uh, Deepan, always great to welcome you back to the show. I want to touch base with you today about some research that you and your colleagues have posted. You all had an eye on the industrial spy ransomware. What's going on here? Thanks, Dave. Uh, So Industrial Spy is a relatively new ransomware group that emerged in April 2022. Uh, In some instances, uh, when the team was tracking this group, uh, it appeared that they were only exfiltrating and uh, ransoming based on the data. Uh, While in some of the other cases, they were actually going through the file encryption, exfiltration, and then uh, demanding ransom. Now, if you look at the history of this group, the industrial spy started as a data extortion marketplace where criminals could buy large companies' internal data. They pr- actually promoted this marketplace using uh, a readme.txt file uh, that were downloaded using malware downloaders disguised as cracks, adware. Um, um, and, and after these initial promotional campaigns, what we're now starting to see is the threat group has introduced their own ransomware to create uh, uh, these double extortion attacks. That's interesting. What, what are some of the key things that uh, that drew your attention to this group? Any any particular ways they stand out? Yeah, so um, I think the, the change in the tactic I already outlined, where they started with only focusing on data to going full-blown, um, uh, you know, ransomware double extortion attacks, uh, we also noticed that before they released their own version of ransomware, they briefly tried Cuba ransomware family and, and uh, probably ended up deciding uh, having to quote their own payload in May of 2022. The threat group does exfiltrate and sells data on their dark web, um, right, as, as I mentioned. So they already have the infrastructure for, for the uh, selling of data and monetizing that piece. Ransomware utilizes a combination of uh, triple desk and RSA uh, to encrypt the files on the victim machine. We did notice that, uh, you know, industrial spy lacks many common features which are present in um, modern ransomware families. And and that's where, again, I'll club this into 
in development uh, malware family. Uh, many of the commonly seen anti-analysis and obfuscation techniques uh, are, are missing. So it was it was relatively easy for uh, our analysts to reverse and you know dissect uh, the payload that was observed. What sort of velocity does it seem as though they're running here? Are they a particularly active group? Yeah, so in terms of payloads, uh, we're not seeing that many new payloads. Uh, there are very few payloads we've seen so far. Um, we're, we're tracking all the public sources as well, like things like VirusTotal and um, uh, as well as things that we're seeing in the cloud. Uh, the number of new unique payloads are fairly low, but we're still noticing the group is consistently adding two to three new victims every month on their data leak portal. So they are... Uh, they are enjoying success in terms of successfully uh, infiltrating some of these organizations. It's interesting to me that they decided to you know, roll their own ransomware here, and particularly when you think about how many ransomware-as-a-service offerings are out there uh, to take the effort to do this. Uh, I mean, is, does that strike you as interesting as well? Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, but then, again, in, in this case, because... These are, uh, th- this group appears to know uh, the in and out of the operations already. So they're trying to control their own destiny by holding the source of the ransom and adding updates and features that match their, their operation style. So we, we do expect this threat group uh, will continue to stay active, uh, at least in the near future, with more updates and features getting added in the payloads. All right, interesting stuff. Well, deep and decide. Thanks so much for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Liz Irvin, Rachel Gelfin, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.